Hello and welcome to In the Pocket Across the Pond, the UK NFL fantasy football podcast with me, Alex Brindle. Me, Lewis Brindle. And me, Alex Sharples. Welcome in again, week 13 in the books. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good one, gents. What about what about you two? Yes, I would definitely agree with that. I think one of the more exciting weeks we've seen uh, all season. I was pretty happy with last week. I think this one probably just edged it out. Some big scores, lots of points. Um, I know two Cowboys fans who are very happy. So should we just cut to the chase, boys? Because I know, I know that's what you want to do. Yeah, we'll get that one out of the way. How about them? Um, yeah. Score a Garmy alert. Uh, no. <laughs> no, 54 to 19 never happened before. So that's very nice. Probably because it's not usual for a team to score 33 points in any quarter of the game. Never mind the final quarter of the game when the game was pretty competitive. Yeah, um, yeah, I know. I, I was watching a, a pro football talk video. Uh, Mike Florio was shout out PFT. Shout out PFT. Uh, Mike Florio was saying how just ridiculous it was. It was like, and then I can't, I can't remember who was with Mike Florio, but they're like, it was like the Cowboys were just playing with the food, and then in the fourth quarter, it was actually, yeah, that, yeah. It's like it was actually time to eat in mm. the fourth quarter, which it did feel like that. It did feel like they were just toying with him because fifty-four to nineteen is ridiculous. Like it's a great win on all fronts for the Cowboys. I know it was against the Colts. But you know, and and that's the thing. Like you knew it was going to be a bloodbath for the Colts. Mm. Matt Ryan and that Colts offensive line against Dallas, and the defensive line. You know it, it, what was always going In to happen. Dallas happened. as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, they looked really good, and Prescott was super efficient as well. And they got yeah, like you said, the best points differential in the league. Best offense in the league at the minute. I think they've got more to give. We were just talking. Um, before the show, me and Lou and I was kind of saying, you know, I'd give it a couple of weeks till you're kind of dead dead on in the playoffs. Then I'd think about sitting Zeke maybe because you need both those running back running backs. However, you don't know what the records are going to be like come uh, Christmas Eve when they play the Eagles. That's going to be a game. Uh, but now we've done with that, Sharples. What what games did you like this previous week? Um. I enjoyed the uh, Lions putting 40 on the Jaguars. Another mm. exciting game. Uh, yeah. it, it's been a bit of a weird season for the Lions in this season because they started off really hot. Then they lulled out in the middle. I know Amon Ross St. Brown was injured. Sort of firing back up again. Like where, I don't know. I, I wanted to get your opinion on, on the Lions, boys. Like where, where do we see them this season going forward? Is it, is, you know, is it looking looking positive? Or you know, is it always going to be, as long as they've got Jared Goff there, is it always going to be stopping and starting? Don't know. I don't. I really don't know. They're keeping the playoff hopes alive they're because showing, they're showing the ability to win games. I know they are. Uh, Sharples, you said at the start of the season they started hot, and they really did start hot, but they weren't winning games. They were scoring yeah, a lot of points, true. but they weren't winning games. And now they're turning those points into wins uh, yeah. in a division which is lost. The division's lost. You know, the Vikings are too far ahead. I think now. However, mm-hmm. especially with the Giants and Commanders not not doing themselves any favours by drawing in the most kind of predictable oh, 2020 yeah, draw in NFL history uh, they, you know that that could come back to bite both of them that that draw um, so the Lions are very much in it I, I agree and on, the, on the Lions and on Jared Goff like Jared Goff's had this he, sometimes obviously he looks awful then other times he looks like a 
like a Michelin star chef carving <laughs> up defences. I remember when he was at the Rams. There's been games when he was at the Rams. I remember one where he out Patrick Mahomes uh, in like one of the best, was it Monday night games? Oh, ever. I remember watching that, yeah. And it, there was, it, was a, it, yeah. Was like, it was like 54 yeah, to 51 yeah. or something. It was crazy in the old, when, when they used to play at the Coliseum, the Rams a few years yeah. ago, the season that they got to the Super yeah. Bowl, yeah, it was crazy. And there was a game where... He outdueled Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, and I remember, I remember seeing a quote after that game when uh, this was when Jared Goff was at the Rams, and Kirk Cousins was like, "That's literally the best game I've ever seen a quarterback have from," and it was Jared Goff. So he's got this in him, but he's also yeah. got a lot of mistakes in him as well. And there's uh, a lot of quarterbacks yeah. I would, I would. I would rather have Jared Goff than a lot of quarterbacks starting. I tell you, who could have used the uh, who could have used Jared Goff this year. The Rams. The Rams. <laughs> Speaking of, should we get that out of the way first? Lewis's favourite player has got a new home, and it is the Rams. Baker oh. Mayfield claimed on waivers. Do we not? Do we not have a jingle for irrelevant news of the week? Yeah. <laughs> uh. See, the thing is, Sharples, I've already pitched this to Lou as my theory on what's going on. See what you think of it. This is purely to block the 49ers. and I know Lou said. The 49ers, they'd have no business getting Mayfield because what? Because he's awful and all this, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, they were going to get Mayfield. They were going to claim him. They don't have a quarterback at the minute. Jeff Purdy yep. looks... Now, is it Jeff Purdy? Uh, Ryan Purdy? It, let's look that up. Let's look that up. Why for all the, for all the, per, for all the Is it not Brock? Brock, Purdy. Brock so, yeah, Who's Brock. Jeff Purdy? Who Similar Jeff to Jeff. Purdy? Yeah, not far off. Jeff, Jeff. Purdy is... No one. Nobody. Um, Shout Jeff Purdy. Um, yeah. Um, Brock Purdy. You know, but I, I, I felt for sure that it was going to be inevitable that the 49ers would pick him up. Um, so I think it's a total block of the Niners. What do you reckon, Sharps? I mean, that's the only real fathomable reason I could see why you pick him up. Because, I mean, what, what, what other reason is there? I mean, he's not really going to salvage the season for the Rams, I would imagine. And I know they're not... Well, actually saying that, I was going to talk about them. They might be sort of trying to trying to drop down to increase the draft pick, but do they even have any picks anymore? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. F them picks, as they've been saying. F them picks. Yeah. 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 But just to play devil's advocate for a second, Lou, I know you're not going to like hearing this, but is this unfair on Baker Mayfield where yet again he lands in an awful spot? And I'm not saying Cleveland was an awful spot. It was really was, good. Cleveland was a great spot. Was That's really the only thing. I know, I know what you mean. Like, yeah. you can't really have much success on that Panthers team that he was dropped into, and then on the Rams now, it's like, you know, the Rams put up a decent fight at the weekend against the Seahawks, but the season's done. Like Cooper Cup managers, sorry, but mm. I don't know why they would ever bring him back and no, play him this Stafford's season. Not coming back. You know, they're not coming back. So. I know what you mean, but the thing about Mayfield is he had a great spot in that Cleveland team. That Cleveland team was 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 there to compete, um, and he was the thing that was holding them back. The crazy thing is, if like Aaron Donald and Sean McVay had of 
inexplicably retired like there was rumours of them doing uh, and then this is what the Rams season would have you'd be thinking okay it's, it's slightly positive because you know the Rams are never going to have a good season um, like if they had this exact season without those two people mm. but the fact that those two people are there it's a bit like maybe you should have took a, a maybe you should have took half a billion dollars from ESPN or whatever Sean, Sean McVay yeah yeah, yeah. but um, <laughs> what about those games of the week that we labelled 49ers Dolphins first um this is the worst tour has looked all year, isn't it? Mm. Yep. And I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um listen, I mean with we with, with with the Dolphins, they've they've sort of like we were talking about this the other week, they've become the the bad on defence, right? And they've gone from being a team who was really good on defence and who was missing something offensively and then they fire Brian Flores for you know a multitude of you know convoluted reasons and now they have Mike McDaniel no, none, of the, none of them very good reasons no, no, um, no. and now they hire Mike McDaniel who is still, still a good coach but they've, that sort of like good defence has just fallen by the wayside and now they've, they have got a, a high powered offence but you know, give Brian Flores Tyreek Hill and see what he could have done. So we were saying this last week, yeah. yeah. Flores had that defence playing one of the best defences in the league. And as you said, the offence was fine. It was missing pieces. Since McDaniel's come in, well, since Flores hasn't been there, the defence has gone, has just plummeted, and the offence has got better because it has Tyreek Hill and a second-year jail model. It's a little bit like, well, you can't, I can't help but think they will be a potential Super Bowl favourite if Brian Flores was still the coach, because Brian Flores is a really good NFL coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying I don't like Mike McDaniel, I do, but you know, it's it, it's amazing how bad this defence is, considering yeah. where they were with pretty much the same personnel not too yeah, long and ago. They've even added uh, Bradley Chubb from the Broncos as well. Exactly, hasn't, exactly. Hasn't improved anything. Yeah, ho- do hope to see Brian Flores head coaching a team again very soon because he's a great coach. Um, but 49ers, rolling. No yeah, yeah. no Jimmy G, no problem. Mm. No. I mean, yeah, they're coming. The, the defense just looks unbelievable. And it should do. I mean, some of the pieces they've got, like Jimmy Ward, mm. Fred Warner, Nick mm. Bowser, obviously. But they've just got... They've got everything on defense and offense. Obviously, Jimmy G's gone down now, but yeah, as you said, no Jimmy G, no problem. I mean, just give the ball to McCaffrey. I'll just do a little dump off to him. Give it a little dump off to Debo. Let Debo run it. Give it to Kyle Usyk. Give it to George Kittle. Give it to Brandon Ayuk. Doesn't matter. It, yeah. like, <laughs> unbelievable. I was just gonna say, yeah, I think the, I think the, if you, you know, talking about the power rankings and based on like the, the ability and the recent form for me, they're number one. I think they just they've shot up recently. They just look. Look scary. Mm, I do think fantasy wise, with the new rookie quarterback, Brandon Ayuk is a is kind of tanked. Um, yes. Yeah. 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 It, it, of all the players that I think are gonna gonna kind of plummet, it's Ayuk because Ayuk's been really good this year. Um, but that other game of the week. So here's the, here's the funny thing about the AFC, and maybe this is why it shook out how it did last year, and it could be the same this year. So the Bills can't beat the Chiefs, but the Chiefs can't beat the Bengals. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, like you were just saying about the 49ers, Sherpels, um, Bengals are coming. Like, hmm. Joe Burrow, 3-3 three and three against Mahomes, you know. This this Cincinnati team, right, they're like, okay, I was thinking about this, they're like the central eating in your house, right? Start of the season, September, you're reluctant to put the heating on. They're quite cool, aren't they? Yeah. They start off quite cold. You want to save those bills, right? As we edge close to winter and the new year, you know, your, your central eating starts to rise a bit until all of a sudden it's December, you know, winter chills set in, you're blasting the heating, no matter what the price, and the Bengals are, have beaten the AFC South and the AFC West leaders in back-to-back games mm. on the way yeah. to four wins in a row. Yeah. They're absolutely rolling. Yeah. They, they, they are rolling, and um, I was speaking to our brother this evening, actually, about the the running back to Maggie P. Ryan and about how, like, what, what could be... If Joe Mixon didn't exist, you know what could, or, or at least didn't play for the Bengals, what could be there? Because he, he's looked really good, and yep. you know maybe that's because Joe Mixon has kind of it's burned me and my brother quite a lot in the past that we're kind of done with him fantasy wise. So especially when he scores five touchdowns against me earlier in the season, I wasn't <laughs> too impressed. But Mixon's always that person who he should be better. He gets the whole workload. He's paid a lot of money. Um, but then when you when you see someone like P Ryan come in, quite understated player, because he's you know he's a backup and he's playing really well, it just shows you that that I don't know why they don't use him more even with mixing in there. But obviously the the, the stories of these wide receivers, it's T Higgins, it's Chase, it's Boyd, mm-hmm. it's Burrow. Um, who is the favourite in the AFC in the <sighs> gents? I, do, I will say that I think it's funny how all the talk before the season was how stacked the AFC was and how not great the NFC is. And I would say for my money at the minute, even though I do love the Chiefs, I think the two best teams in football are in the NFC and the NFC East. That being Columbus the Eagles and the Cowboys. <laughs> that being the Eagles and the Cowboys. But who, who, who's the king of the AFC at the minute? Gents. Oh. I mean, for me. at at the minute, at the minute, mm-hmm. I would say it is the Bengals, but I am still going to back the Chiefs to be to be mm. the team that represents the AFC in the Super Bowl. It feels stupid to bet against the Chiefs, just like it feels stupid to bet against Tom Brady. Oh, it doesn't matter if if the team had scored three points up until the final five minutes of the game, does it? It doesn't matter. Because when he turns it on, should they just let him run two-minute drills the whole game? I know, yeah. Why don't Why don't you just run two-minute drills all game? There's, there's like you know, two. There's multiple two minutes. Yeah. In, Think in how many game. points they could score if they just ran two-minute drills the whole game. <laughs> Think how many catches Chris Godwin would have. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. What did you reckon of this one, Sharps? I mean. I wasn't too surprised because I think I think we said um, the Saints always seem to have the Buccaneers number, and that's what that's how it looked. Obviously, until uh, as you say, the last last few possessions where yeah, Brady turns it on. I I agree. I mean, he's he, he's the goat. Like he's Tom Brady. He's not he's not a normal person. Just I, I understand you know the need for offensive coordinators and structures, but just put the ball in his hands and just let him work. Uh, he's got the weapons to do it. Um, yeah, 
it wasn't pretty, but that's what you're paying him the money for to get you over the line. That's what he's done all his career. Mm, I agree, and like we've been saying all season, he doesn't look like a Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers, these guys who just kind of don't really look like they've got it anymore. He, he He's still there. He's definitely still there. I will say that this game didn't do you any favours in terms of the Buccaneers' running back room. You know, you had mm. White and Fournette kind of splitting carries, splitting receptions, basically having identical games. So, unfortunately, if, you, if you're looking for an inkling of who to play going forward, especially in your fantasy playoffs, are we saying White just because he's maybe got a bit more juice? Because the, this is a genuine question. People people could have one of them, they could have both of them. Uh, what, what are you saying on Fournette or White? next week, week after, you know, just like this kind of immediate future, Lou? Uh, I'd go white just because um, there's a little bit more unknown there. I know we've seen Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette has been really good with the Buccaneers, but not this year. Mm. And we've seen it this year. Leonard Fournette's older than white. There's still that element of unknown with Rashad White, so I would probably probably just go with go with Rashad White. Chapels. Tough one. Uh, I think when you look at the stats, obviously the carries were both equal, but also the rece- you know, receptions. They both got six receptions. It's just that Rashad mm-hmm. White turned one into a touchdown. I think I might go Fournette. I think he's one of those mm-hmm. players that sort of needs to build build a sort of rhythm up. And I remember last year in the in the fantasy playoffs, he was unbelievable. Um, and so I think he's the kind of guy. If he gets hot, he he he, he can go nuclear. So I think while they're both similar. I I think, yeah, I think maybe it might be the last season where I'd pick Fournette. Mm, yeah, I, what I will say is if you have either of them, you're going to be wanting to flex them. You're not feeling comfortable with either of those in your running back slots. But there was a game apparently that happened in Texas as well, wasn't there, Luke? <laughs> there was. In Houston, I should say. There was, and it was, um, you know, if you were watching that one, it was one of the more unique games in the history of the league. Not for that reason. Um, Cleveland won twenty-seven to fourteen. Right, they didn't score an offensive touchdown. Now, I didn't, I couldn't get all of the historical stats up, but I would wager that that's not happened too often. They got a, a punt return touchdown, fumble touchdown, uh, an interception touchdown, and then field goals. So, well done. If you had the Browns' defense and special teams, you won this week because <laughs> they scored thirty-one <laughs> points, fifth highest, sort of like top five scorers in all of fantasy. Mm. Um, mental week, really. Uh, yeah, really strange game. That was that Scorigami? No, I don't think so. No, no, no. no. just a weird game. Well, do you do you do you remember a few years ago when, like, halfway through the season, the Patriots' defense was like? Top twenty, yeah, all yeah, overall yeah, yeah. in scoring. Yeah. That well, was crazy. Patriots like every year put up yeah. put up a twenty bomb in fantasy or something yeah. like that. And what I will say is, last note on on the action at the weekend. I know we've been preaching to you, well, me at least, that this Christian Watson thing it isn't gonna carry on because it's too efficient, and I'm sticking with that argument. I'm not betting on Christian Watson coming out and scoring another two touchdowns. It, the the man clearly can play. He does not look like a world beater. 
I know I'm talking about know, someone yeah. totally who scored clear. eight touchdowns in four games, yeah. but the yardage isn't really there, the receptions aren't really there. I am not unbelievably confident starting Christian Watson. Sorry me? if it sounds stupid. Are you telling but... me Christian Watson isn't going to finish his career with 100 games played and 200 touchdowns? <laughs> it's It's just a bit... It's getting a little bit silly now, and um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not. Sharples, how, how much confidence are you playing Christian Watson with next week against uh, against the Rams? In terms of in your wide receiver one or two slot. Uh, well, I mean, you're talking to someone who's got Amon Ra St. Brown and AJ Brown in their lineup. So, uh, sorry, it's a little humble brag there. Um, <laughs> No, uh, it's it's a tough one because like his past four games have been unbelievable. I don't know off the top of my head, but it's been like thirty and then twenty three and then another twenty and then another twenty game. I mean, it, it looks to be the one who's who's breaking out of that wide receiver room as the clear number one, which we've been waiting for all season. Um, I think, but all the I numbers just aren't sustainable. I just think though that he's. It, something's obviously clicking for him and obviously he's not going to keep up that efficiency but you'd have to assume that he keeps up these kind of numbers he's going to get more targets which then even if the efficiency is not great there's still more points and uh, yeah obviously I don't think he's going to keep up a, yeah. a string of 20 point games but for a wide receiver too I think I think I'd take him yeah it's just it's so against what we talk about all the time in terms of research in terms of targets you know receptions a game what we like seeing from these wide receivers especially rookie ones who are waiting to break out i suppose that that is my hesitation i'm not saying that christian watson hasn't been really great he's been playing really great it's just the stat line and the way the points are scored it worries me um and it's not it's just not how you, how are you used to seeing a, a, a wide receiver develop? I suppose. Um, yeah. But if you want to, if you want to st- try and stay in the flames with with Watson, be my guest. Mm. Just quickly on wide receivers before we finish, I just want a quick shout out to Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, combined for two hundred and fifty five receiving yards. Mental, absolutely <laughs> mental. Those two guys. Mm. Oh, I should say that uh, actually. It's the Packers versus the Rams the week after next. The Ram. It looks like the Packers are on a bye this week. So yeah, don't play. Christian don't Watson. play him categorically. Yeah. Onto those categories though, gents. This week, uh, not buying it when. What What are you saying, Chapels? What are you not buying it when this week? Uh, I've. It's a team that we mentioned. I think last week. I think they might have been. You're not buying it, Team Al. But it's the Ravens. Um, just sneaking past the Broncos, and I don't know. I don't know what's going on with this team. I know obviously Lamar's hurt. They had to bring Tyler Huntley in, but it's it, it's been stagnant for a while now. Um, as a Mark Andrews fantasy owner, I'm very worried. I just don't know why they don't throw in the ball every time. Um, so yeah, another unconvincing win, and yeah, I think they're for their whole season's been pretty not buying it. To be honest with you, the more I look at it now, they're eight and four, but I'm not entirely sure how because they're not playing like a team that's eight and four. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Ravens this week for me. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, and I'm literally just going to reiterate that it was the Ravens for me as well for those exact reasons. But what about you, Luke? Uh, went for the Browns. You know, defense special teams won them that game. Um, they're not going to be playing Houston every week, and I just I don't really have faith in the the quarterback change 
uh, especially if you're talking about success this season. Mm. So, yeah, I don't really buy that Browns win. What about that impressive victory, though, Lou? So, a couple of teams that I could have gone with here, but I went... I went with this team because of who they were playing against and and you know how much they ended up beating them by. I went for the 49ers. Um because of the injury context, Jimmy Garoppolo getting injured, leaving the game. Um they shut out Miami and two not not literally, but they shut them down uh, and then kept their offense rolling, you know, 33 to 17. Really good win mm. for the 49ers. What about you Sharples? Yeah, uh, not not the gaudiest uh, win uh, of the week, but I've gone for the Bengals beating the Chiefs and mm-hmm. in particular just absolutely shutting down Travis Kelsey, which I don't think many teams have done this season. Um, and obviously just the fact that it was yeah, two, two AFC rivals, it was a big game. Joe Burrow extending a streak of not losing to the Chiefs ever. Um, so yeah, very impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there was a lot of really impressive victories. Those two that you mentioned, the Cowboys, of course... Uh, the Eagles looked great. I thought the Steelers and the Lions as well. But I'm going to go the Raiders. Um, it, it, I thought it was a really impressive game from them. And I, I've already spoke not too long ago about how I think the Chargers are wildly overrated. But if there's one thing you probably do need to do if you're going to beat the Chargers, it's score some points. And they put 27 up. Devontae Adams looks great. By no means it does this change the season around or make it totally positive. But I just thought it was a really good win, to be honest. Uh, and who is that worst team in the league, Sharples? Uh, it is the team that was beaten by the not-buying-it team, and that is the Denver Broncos. Luke? Yeah, Broncos. Always the Broncos. It is the Broncos. And do you know that in Peyton Manning's maybe his first season with the Broncos, he um, first or second season with the Broncos. How, how long was it? The Broncos two or three years. Oh, three, I think. Yeah. In one of in, well, in the the seasons that he was good, not one, not the season that he was bad. His last season, in one of the seasons that he was good, maybe two thousand and thirteen, uh, he threw seven touchdowns in uh, the first game of the season, and Russell wow. Wilson so far has thrown eight through thirteen weeks. Nice. Um, Russ, Russ, mate. He was. He used to be so fun to root for as well. Let Russ cook in Seattle. uh, You know, kind of a little bit of an underdog story. Getting winning a Super Bowl as well. He he looked like he had all the talent in the world, and he's gone from that to being like awful and off and and also really annoying as well. So it's a bit like. You, you you kind of sometimes revel reveling in these performances mm. because he's just so cringy. I know, I know. Yeah. The let Russ cook things funny because it turns out he's not he's not a Michelin star chef. Two Michelin star references for me today. Not a Michelin star chef. He's just one of those guys who puts pinnies in the microwave and spoons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Russ, man. I do. Oh, I, I miss I miss when Russell Wilson uh, was. Do you know what? I think the thing is as well, I don't even think he's a different guy to who he was in the Seahawks. It's just the fact that he's now not different very good at football. Yeah, yeah. yeah completely different people, perspective. People are I think he's the exact same guy who walked into the league. It's just now, yeah, he's not Superman anymore. We've got a new firm respect for Pete Carroll. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Great oh, coach, yeah. great coach. Yeah. Oh, Russ. What? I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe six months, maybe ten years down the line, actually understanding what happened here. But um, 
What about those injuries, Lou? Which part of the podcast? Uh, big one this week, really. So, before the games even happened, we got word that Matt Stafford placed on IR, spinal cord contusion, so, you know, neck issue. Um, you know, plays into what I said earlier, Rams season is, is done. Um, pretty rough Super Bowl hangover. That's Matt Stafford, done for the year. Lamar Jackson... Awful game for fantasy, but he did leave the Ravens game in the first quarter, uh, being described as a mild knee sprain. Teams saying it's week to week, probably not going to play this week. Really not a good time for Lamar Jackson to be injured, fantasy playoffs and all that, so we'll talk about that in waivers, I suppose. Um, But yeah, Lamar Jackson, expect to be without him this week. Cortland Sutton, my sweet Cortland Sutton. Uh, left the Broncos game of a hamstring injury pretty early on. He goosed, um, so could miss some time. Look out for that. Tua exited the Dolphins game with an ankle injury pretty late on. Uh, they said he could. They said he could have come back in the game, but you know, by that point they were they were they were dead and buried. Um, Ken Walker as well, uh, running back for Seattle, forced out of this game with an ankle injury. A lot of this. Seahawks backfield is banged up again I'm going to talk about them in a little moment but um, just look at anyone healthy on that team because Ken Walker might miss this week uh, Traylon Burks Titans wide receiver concussion protocol so how did he hold on to that touchdown yeah. by the way oh my goodness yeah. what a catch yeah um, awful hit by the way he should have been ejected that was yeah. a, that was a stupid hit yeah I know um, dangerous hit and Jimmy Garoppolo suffered a broken foot. Um, that's why he came out of the game and and Brock Purdy came in. Jimmy Garoppolo is done for the season. So I know we spoke about it just then, but just Sharples, give me your give me your take on what this means for, for the fantasy options of the 49ers. Yeah, I think I think Al was right when he said it means Brandon Ayuk takes a hit, because obviously it does. Um I think, yeah, probably you'll see a slight dip in, in the wide receivers just because, well, saying that, I mean, I, I don't know a lot about this Brock Purdy character, but just going off what I'm seeing on paper, obviously he won't be as good as Jimmy Garoppolo. So you'd imagine the wide receivers will take a dip. Um, I would hope that Christian McCaffrey will see an uptick in both carries and little short dump-offs because obviously, um, you know, if it's, if it's an uncertain quarterback, he's going to be throwing little little short routes, you know, a little dump off. So hopefully McCaffrey will benefit. And you'd imagine Debo Samuel also will benefit because he's a bit of a Swiss army knife at this point. Um, but mm-hmm. I think, I think it's probably as a team overall, it's probably the best team that it could happen to because I feel like they will be the team that functions best without a competent mm-hmm. quarterback because yeah, they've got such a good yeah. run game and yeah, they've got obviously all kinds of trick plays in the bag, a lot of utility players. Um, but yeah, obviously I think you'll see a, Slight dip for uh, for Debo maybe reception wise, and I think Ayuk. This might be where he falls off, which is a shame because he has been good this season. What what a disappointing season for Debo Samuel, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean he's had flashes of what he what of what the utilization was, but you know, I'm 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 just surprised really. Like, you know, you paid the guy now, you paid him the money, so utilize him mm. like you know he can be utilized. But yeah, just one of those. Well, on to Lewis's favourite segment of 
the podcast. <laughs> yep. Uh, me and Chapels know it as a you know the spreadsheet kind of accountability section. Lou just writes um, who goosed this week yeah. on the top of his. Uh, why don't you fill us in on that straight away? Because I'm looking at the podcast now. Okay, I'm looking at it now, and on your kind of uh, table, I'm seeing four big red. Yeah, it's like going gooses. to it's like going to the, and, it's and, like going to I'm the just, pond. I'm seeing when you're looking yeah, at my geese. table, mate. I'm seeing Plenty geese, geese. And I'm, I'm seeing none of those on mine and Sharples' is, so uh, what was the crack? Listen, it was funny once, this goose thing. I've got a bone to pick here because... So, my fantasy week got off to an atrocious start because I said you should play Dawson Knox. I said that to myself because I played him. Can we just say that I would advise, just based off... Pure personal experience. If you have players in those Thursday night games who are yeah. locks, who are forget about it, who are your best players, of course you're playing them. Do not try and force players into that Thursday night because more often than not it goes wrong and you're handicapped for the week going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was driving to work pretty, <laughs> pretty early on on Friday morning. <laughs> Um, I think I was like, you know, getting in my car at like, you know, half five, six in the morning or something. And I looked at my phone and saw 13 points. And I was like, oh, nice. Because I forgot that I was playing Ramandre Stevenson as well. So I was like, 13.9 points. Unreal. Uh, 13 points from Dawson Knox. Nice. And then I was driving. And I was like, oh, I was playing Ramandre as well. Damn. Right. They both did rubbish but okay <laughs> okay clicked on the app and saw oh what wait Randall Stevens has 13.9 points scrolled down to Dawson Knox zero points a goose one target right I'm, I'm I'm sick of this I'm absolutely sick of it because I'm sorry I am honestly I'm sorry no fantasy analysis out there no stats or next gen analytics can provide any rhyme or reason as to why Dawson Knox had one target for zero yards. Sorry, one target, zero catches in the game on Thursday night. He was out there on 84% of snaps. That is second to only Josh Allen in the skill <laughs> positions. There's no logical answer as to why, which is why from next season, I'm going to start a petition in the fancy football community, right? To have tight ends treated like kickers, a, a joke position, all right? Because it, apart from Travis Kelsey, outside yeah, outside one or two players, it's so laughably unpredictable. Yeah, it seems impossible to call week to week again if you don't have one of those two players. And to be fair, to be fair as well, all those players that you think about, oh, they're actually decent. They had a bad week as well. Yeah, right. All those, you know. You weren't happy, really, if you started Kelsey or Andrews or Hawkinson or Kittle or Schultz or Hurst or Moreau or Higby or Dawson Knox. You're pretty happy if you started Gerald Everett, though. Yeah, I'm an idiot. For not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, so we should preface. We should say that we we don't have kickers in our league. No, because they're really so, and we won't be having tight yeah. ends. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should just maybe we should if, just put an extra flex position. The, in. Yeah, if there wasn't. If there wasn't a strong enough case for Travis Kelsey going number one overall next year, this is it. Because yeah. you don't need to deal with this. This <laughs> torture. 
Um, uh, right. What about the rest of those players, Luke? So, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, um, 179 passing yards, one touchdown, 32 rushing yards. He had a he had a fine enough game for fantasy, but the Jaguars just didn't challenge near as much as I thought they were going to against the Lions. Um, Najee Harris, 70, 17 attempts for 86 yards on the ground, uh, one catch for six yards through the, through the air. Again, I mean, it's a it's a fine yeah it's a fine rushing game again over five yards a carry, which is really good, but just nothing to nothing to shout out uh, shout about for fantasy. Not a bust, but still nothing great. Um, and then Garrett Wilson. Really good game. Eight receptions, 162 yards. Exploited that Viking secondary like like I thought he was going to. He had a really nice game. So mm-hmm. yeah, your wide receiver wasn't too bad either, was he, Charles? Not bad at all. Uh, went for wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. AJ Brown projected He's so good. 15. He's 5. so good. Yeah, ended up with 31.9. Uh, ten targets, eight receptions, 119 yards for two touchdowns. It was it was a revenge game. It was the revenge game of all revenge games. Um, obviously coming up against his old team, the Titans, where to be fair he had some good seasons, but like never. I think he only had one really big season. The rest of it was sort of up and down. And I know I had him last year and wasn't happy with him, but he's on a team now. Good quarterback, also a quarterback who targets him, which is what happened in this match. It felt like every time Hertz was looking up, he was looking for AJ Brown. And when you know when you give that man the ball. He will take it to the house. He's an absolute monster. Um, So, yeah, really big week for him. Uh, And then my other hit of the week was at quarterback. I went for uh, Geno Smith, uh, quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks up against the Rams. Um, He'd had a a good run of games um, leading up to like two touchdowns in in each match. He continued that run uh, and added one as well. So three touchdowns, 367 yards. Uh, One thing I asked him not to do was uh, do a fumble or an interception, which he'd been doing quite a few of recently. (laughs) He did both, one of each, but still managed to come out with 23 points against a projection of 17.5. So yeah, a hit at quarterback and wide receiver. Unfortunately, my tight end uh, didn't play. Uh, uh, It was David and Joku, and actually it was quite fortunate because the... uh, Brown's offense wasn't much to write home about. He uh, he was ruled out before the game with a knee injury, so didn't play. And my running back, um, not a hit or a miss, just a standard week. It was for Damian Pierce. I was looking for a bounce back uh, game from him because he'd had a couple of really bad weeks. Um, but it was a steady game: 18 carries, 73 yards, uh, three receptions for 22, and came out with a with a 12.5 against a forecast of 14 and a half. So yeah, not terrible. If he could have just got himself a little touchdown, would have helped. But uh, but he didn't. But uh, yeah, not not a bad week overall. Mm. I'm calling I'm calling 12.5. Uh, although it's not a hit, I'm calling it a bounce back game for Pierce. It was nice. Yeah, to I would see. agree. It was yeah, nice it was to see because I mean I, I really like Damien Pierce, but he's totally capped by the team he's on. Um, so that was nice. It was a good game. Um, speaking of running backs, though, oh yeah, he's back, folks. He's back finally. DeAndre Swift is back. Twenty-one point one fantasy points. But the key to this is out snapping Jamal Williams. More rush attempts than Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams again with no targets. So Swift looks like he might be the guy just in time for those fantasy playoffs. And obviously, when he's on the field, he's an absolute dude. Um, just looks great. Just looks great. Fantastic to see Jamal Williams still got into the end zone, of course. But they were 
doing some hurry up offenses. They did keep Swift on the field sometimes because he got in the end zone, um, and it's just great. I did, I did. I'll be honest. I thought it was going to be a good game for Swift. I did not see the backfield flipping like it did. Um, so obviously over the moon with that. But yeah, um, hoping to see this next week, the final week of most uh, fantasy regular seasons, hoping to see the same out of Swift so you can confidently start him for those fantasy playoffs. Um, quarterback Mike White, not an amazing game. However, I played the projection on this one and he did outscore his 13-point projection enough to be a hit. He's got 17 points. Uh, you know, White Lightning... Uh, if we got a bit rocked this week, but you know the, the Vikings have, have won that many games for a reason. And by the sounds of it, it doesn't sound like um, like Zach Wilson is any near coming back to this team. So I think you can roll with Mike White lining going forward if you're in a pinch. If you're in a pinch, on to the not too good uh, positions though. Tyler Conklin, 2.9. Again, it wasn't a good, great, really good game for Mike White, so this showed with Conklin's game. Um, when when I was looking back at these these scores earlier on, I, I cannot remember why I picked Tyler Conklin. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, 2.9. Lou, Lou just, just gave us the... The forecast on the tight ends there, so that explains that. And Zay Jones, really, really disappointing game. Awfully disappointing game. Obviously, Lou's been through how, all things considered, I think 16 points from Lawrence, given the box score, is a really good game for Lawrence. It's amazing that he scored that many fantasy points, to be honest with you, because this... Speaking of things that you can't predict, what is this Jaguars team? Impossible to predict. And just as Zay Jones was having himself... A really nice uh, few games and, and a really nice season. He kind of completely busts, and I, I think a lot of people will have started Zay Jones this week. Yeah, I had a predicament in one of my leagues where I was like, "Oh, do I start Zay Jones or do I start Michael Pittman?" Oh, <laughs> and they both ended up with two catches for sixteen yards. <laughs> yeah, so um, that's a disappointing one. Uh, hard to predict predict these Jaguars players. To be honest with you, even Etn at this point. Um, it just feels sometimes it feels like they're overmatched, you know, their offensive line and uh, the defense clearly. Um, so I think it's a bright future for these players next year. However, I'm not starting, like I said, outside of maybe ETN, I'm not starting any of these Jaguars players with a whole lot of confidence going into the fantasy playoffs. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it. Lou, do better, do better, mate. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. Cheers. But I, 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 I have got to shoot off, so I'll, I'll leave you gents to it. Where are you going? Tell us in the medium of interpretive dance. Mm. <laughs> that was great. What did you get from that? Where am I going from that? Dancing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, i got a few things to do. Unfortunately, we're not professional. Yeah, that's the thing. Artists. Sometimes life gets in the way. I know some listeners might... Might assume this is what we do for a job. Yeah, I would. Um, well, two of us. Rest anyway. assured. Yeah, rest assured. Um, our fantasy football analysis is far too average. Yes, to ever be our job. To ever be our job. <laughs> so sorry, gentlemen. Have a good show. Thanks, um, mate. And I will see you. I'll, I'll see you next week, Luke. Sharples, have a good trip, mate. Have a good trip. I'm sure you'll fill everyone in on uh, 
on 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 the fact that you're not going to be here for a few weeks. But uh, have a good trip, and we'll see you. Cheers, when you get mate. Back. Bye, Al. See you. See you. Right now he's out of the room. Should we do this all episode again, Sharples? Yes, um... I think so. <laughs> now let's move on. Uh, waivers. So, bye weeks this week. You've got the Colts, Saints, Falcons, Bears, Commanders, and Packers. A lot of teams on a bye this week. Uh, Sharples, give me your two waiver picks. Uh, I've gone for two pretty uh, off-the-wall picks in terms of uh, the per- like percentage roster that they are. So the first one, uh, a man who's rostered in only 2% of all leagues, uh, is the tight end for the uh, Giants, Daniel Bellinger. Um, mm. Had a had a pretty good start to the season. I mean, you know, as, as good as a tight end can, like, was, was relatively consistent. And then got a horrible eye injury in about week five where, yeah. it like, he, yeah. he replaced his eyeball with a ostrich egg. Um <laughs> And he's uh, yeah, he's, he's just coming back into the team now. I think he he may have played last week, um, and, and got a reasonable amount of targets. And and yeah, I think this guy, you know, we obviously talk about well, we've spoken about it, particularly this episode, the, the tight end position being so hard to predict. I just think this guy can be a, a steady guy, not only in the coming week but also for the rest of the season. He's pretty pretty steady with sort of five, six, seven targets a game, and he, he seems to catch most of them. And if you can get a tight end that's giving you ten points a week. Unless you've got Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews on your team, that's pretty great. Um, so mm-hmm. I do think Bellinger can be a, a tight end to, to see the rest of your season out with. Um, and then someone who's only rostered in 0.4% of leagues, uh, the backup quarterback for the Ravens, Tyler Huntley. Um, I know yep. obviously we're not super hot on the Ravens at the minute, me in particular as well. But um, obviously Lamar Jackson's uh, out, looking like he won't play next week against the Steelers. And... Tyler Huntley is a is a really good backup. Um, I don't remember last season. I think he had about what five or six games, and in he was a bit hit and miss. But in the games where he hit, I mean, he, you're looking at sort of 25, 30 points because he will use his legs. He is a sort of a B Tech Lamar Jackson, and I think if you're in a position, you know, it's a lot of people's last game of the regular season. You might need a win. You might need a bit of a shot in the dark. You know, your star quarterback might have just gone down. I think Huntley yeah. certainly worth it. Worth a punt against the Steelers. Yeah, and um, I, re- I reiterate that sentiment with my first waiver pick, Mike White, um, still available in in over 85% of leagues. Um, as you said, plenty of quarterback injuries. Lamar Jackson, you know, if you were streaming Jimmy Garoppolo or Matt Stafford, Mike White's been decent for fantasy so far, you know. Mm-hmm. Even even this past week, two interceptions, he was still a serviceable quarterback for your fantasy team, which is what I think he could be going forward, a serviceable quarterback. Um, he's got Buffalo this week, but after that, plays Detroit, Jacksonville, Miami in three of the last four games. That'll be your fantasy playoffs. All good matchups for quarterbacks. Um, mm-hmm. Jets are good. You know, Mike White, he's, he's, Mike White, he's shown himself capable of of providing himself and the weapons around him with fancy relevance, and then I'm also gonna. This is a bit bit of a um, bit of a strange one, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say keep your eye on the Seattle running back room um, because there's a lot of injuries going on there, but someone is gonna get the rock. So as we mentioned, Ken Walker ankle injury status is unclear for this week. Um, when he exited the game, DJ Dallas saw a lot of work. Uh, Travis Homer as well could see a lot of work. You've got 
uh, Tony Jones Jr. in there, you know, those three guys who I just named will be available in your leagues and they will be a later pickup because we, we're not going to know about Kenneth Walker's status until close to the weekend. They could be a player in a pinch. You could pick one of them up, whoever has the highest projection uh, in your platform, you know, Homer, Dallas or Jones Jr. Keep an eye on those guys, I would say. Mm, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Thanks, man. Thank you for that reassurance, Chapels. I thought um, I might need it after, after you, another goose. <laughs> nice one. Um, moving on, we're, we're going to talk about the players that we think you should be starting this week. Uh, but before that, I don't know if I have the authority to bring this man in or if it's just out. Oh, he's here. He's here. We're going to start with... Forget about it. Thanks, mate. These are the players who you should have in your lineup, uh, no question. So, quarterback, Mahomes, Hurts, Burrow, Allen, Murray. Forget about it. Running back position, Jacobs, Eckler, McCaffrey, Barkley, Mixon, Cook, Stevenson, Henry, Walker if he plays, Etienne, Chubb, and Tony Pollard. Forget about it. Wide receiver Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, Amamra St. Brown, Chase, Adams, Diggs, Metcalf, Lockett, Lamb, AJ Brown, Chris Godwin, T. Higgins. Forget about it. And tight end, I mean, whatever. Um, Kelsey and Andrews, apparently. But yeah. Forget about it. Thanks, mate. Thanks for that. Nice to meet What's Cheers, your name? Dude. Oh, nice one, man. Alex, no, Alex didn't tell me. Cheers, man. Right, see you in a bit. See you next week. Um, but yeah, let's let's get into it. Let's st- <laughs> let's start off in the traditional sense. Quarterback Sharples, tell me what quarterback you're starting this week. Yeah, this this was a, a tough one, really, because there's there's pros to it and there's cons to it. So I've gone for uh, Kirk Cousins, quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings. We'll start with the pros. He's against the Worst defense in the league uh, with that, the Detroit Lions. Um, he's got the unbelievably dynamic Justin Jefferson at his disposal. Some other nice pieces, Adam Thielen, uh, Dalvin Cook. So, you know, and also the Lions have a good offense. So it's not just going to be a case of, you know, it's going to be like 30-0 at halftime and they want to throw the ball. It should be a pretty close game. Mm. You should have to throw the ball. However, he's projected 18 points. And Kirk Cousins is the definition of a 15 points a game quarterback. He'll get <laughs> yeah. you yards. Yeah. But those those big games where he, you know, he throws three or four touchdowns, well, they just, well, don't really exist. Uh, I'm just no. looking at his stats now. He's drawn for three touchdowns in one game. He's very much a gentleman quarterback, you know. He yes. doesn't embarrass you. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's he's got a good record, but yeah, he he, uh, he, he doesn't want to doesn't want to throw it throw it in your face. So it's a, it's a bit of a balancing act, um, but yeah, I've gone for him mainly because he's against Detroit. Um, all he has to do is just maintain his average yards and just throw one extra touchdown, and that should be fine. That's all I needed to do, Kirk. Do me a flavour, son. Hmm. Mm. Is he playing in prime time? Uh, I don't believe so. I don't believe Good. so. I didn't Good. actually look at that in my research. I hope to God <laughs> <Yeah>. he's not. <laughs> he should be fine. Um, quarterback, I'm going to go Justin Herbert. So, you know, despite what's being perceived as a bit of a down year for Herbert, he's still the quarterback eight on the season, averaging almost 18 points per game. Uh, 
And he's on a decent run of form. Over the last three games, he's thrown for 889 yards and six touchdowns with just one interception in those games. Um, you know, that uptick in form probably has something to do with Keenan Allen being back and looking good and healthy, uh, healthy enough to, to draw 14 targets this past week. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Williams could also be back this week, so hopefully Justin Herbert has a healthy wide receiver core for, you know, one of the first times this year. Um, and yeah, despite underperforming as a whole this year, the Chargers are still well and truly in the playoff hunt at 6-6, six and six, uh, just a couple of games back. So, you know, I, I think they're going to bring it this week against against an opponent who is one of the sort of playoff position rivals in the Dolphins. Um, Miami, they're giving up over 20 fantasy points a game to quarterbacks. Um I mentioned before how in becoming this really high-powered offense, they've sort of sacrificed that defense. Uh, They're definitely exploitable through the air. You know, they've given up nearly 3,000 passing yards and 19 passing touchdowns in 12 games. Um, Hoping this one turns into a bit of a shootout between two poor defenses and two potentially high-powered offenses. Um, Let's go running back, Sharples. Give me yours. Uh, so I've gone for the running back uh, of the Cincinnati Bengals. No, not that one. The other one. Uh, Samaji. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah. On- only projected 7.4 points, which obviously I'm assuming is because Joe Mixon will probably cl- uh, clear his concussion protocol uh, and be playing uh, next week. However, I think even if um, Mixon comes back, Piran showed in the last few games that he's got the stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. 30, 19 and 22 respectively. Um, yeah, he's more more than sure more than shown that he can hold his own, and I think obviously, you know, for fantasy perspectives, we just want the ball to be given to the best player every time. But in real life, you know, the coach have to think about wear and tear, and obviously Joe Mixon not getting another massive head injury. So I think they might be cautious with Mixon. I think that should lead to Piran having a slightly bigger role than he had earlier in the season. Um, and all I really need for him to do is catch one little receiving touchdown, and he's probably halfway there to being a hit. So uh, I'm yeah. going for a sneaky pick. Um, have a low projection, but I think he might outplay it. And I'm going for some IGP run. Yeah, no, I, I do like that pick, and it's you know it's a nice pick, and it's one of those things that I, I I've spoken about. Um, to Alex in the past, where it's like I know it's frustrating for fantasy football because you want your running back, whoever it is on whatever team, to be the guy. You know, ninety yep. percent of snaps gets. But realistically, if you're an NFL head coach, it's like I obviously want two good running backs rather than just yeah. one. <laughs> so yeah. he's got every incentive to. They've got every incentive to use P. Ryan this week, like you said. I'm gonna go Ezekiel Elliott. Cowboys running game has been on an absolute tour recently, averaging 180 rushing yards per game over the last three games. In those three games, Zeke has amassed over 233 total yards and scored four touchdowns. This week, Christmas, it's come a couple of weeks early for the Cowboys running game because they're playing the Texans. Um, I'm sure one of us gives you these stats every single week, but I'll just go over them one more time. Texans are dead last in pretty much every rushing category against running backs. Uh, they're giving up over 144 rushing yards per game, and depending on the format, 25 to 30 points per game, uh, fancy points that is, to running backs. Um, of course, Zeke, he's going to be splitting the backfield with Tony Pollard. Um, they've been aver- averaging around the same number of carries per game. But 
Zeke, he seems to be the guy at the goal line. And, you know, listen, I, th- I think Pollard's going to be a smash star. He made it into the forget about it, you know. Um, he's going to be like that for a while. He has been like that for a while. Um, but I wanted to make Zeke my star because I think he can have a very solid game too. I think both of these guys are must-start still. And let's... No, let's go tight end first. I don't want to. I don't want to finish on a sour note. Let's go tight end first, Sharples. Okay, I, I assumed you were going to leave that to last and then just swiftly brush it under the carpet. Um, but okay, correct. Uh, gone for the tight end of the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Dalton Schultz. Oh, um, I think obviously as we mentioned, um, like they're, they're against Texans, which obviously the, the worst, the, the thing, the worst that is run defense. But I mean, the the, the defense overall just doesn't convince me. And the big thing about the Texans, they just can't keep hold of the ball. They they are so mm. bad at just possessing the football. They love throwing yeah. interceptions. They love um, three and outs. And I just feel yeah. like the Cowboys will have so much more of the ball. There'll be a lot of ball to go around. Uh, I think the run game will do well. I think the wide receiver units will do well. And I think the tight end will do well. I think. Um, Dolan Schultz is projected 9.4. I think there's a touchdown in the game for him. I just think, yeah, there's there's going to be too much ball to go around. And I think, uh, obviously, toughest spot to predict. But, you know, you throw enough dirt, some of it sticks. Yep, I like that. Um, tight end, now we're going to go TJ Hawkinson. Uh, he's been good so far this year. Bit of a revenge game against the Lions. They're bad against tight ends. Whatever. Um, wide receiver. Circles. Go ahead. <laughs> it was swept under. Uh, I've gone for a man that we that you just briefly touched on, uh, Keenan Allen. Uh, obviously, not been the season that you wanted out for him. I know I was gunning for him in the draft, didn't get him, and I'm now very relieved mm. that I didn't. Uh, but I think he's sort of starting to 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 show what he can do, like a decent string of games. And obviously, the the big thing, 14 targets last week is just yeah insane. Yeah. Obviously, obviously, it helps that, that Mike Williams isn't. Um, isn't at full fitness um, and I think regardless of not whether I think even if, if Williams plays sorry next week uh, with, with those kind of injuries even when they're on the pitch they're not necessarily effective for example Jalen Waddle was out there for the Dolphins last week and just did absolutely nothing um, so I think Keenan Allen should be the target monster that we know and love um, really talented guy and I think as we've also mentioned in the podcast that the Dolphins defense is there to be attacked They've obviously got yeah. some big names on there, but they've they've shown, you know, they have good weeks and bad weeks. They had a bad week against the 49ers, a good week the week before that against the Texans. But they, they, they can be got at, and I think when you've got talented offensive players like the Chargers do, um, you can definitely rack up points on them. So, yeah, I've gone for Keenan, Keenan Allen this week. Yeah, I agree with that. I think with my quarterback pick and your wide receiver pick, I think we're seeing this game quite similarly. So, yeah. hopefully we're right. Um Wide receiver, I've gone for Christian Kirk. Um, Christian Kirk, he, he hasn't seen fewer than seven targets in a game since week six, which is you know fantastic numbers uh, for a, for your wide receiver. Um, even last week in a game where, on the whole, the Jags they stalled and disappointed a bit, Kirk racked up six catches for 104 yards. Really solid game. Playing against the Titans defense this week, um, who just this past week against the Eagles allowed AJ Brown and Devonta Smith to run absolutely riot over him, combining for 13 catches, 221 yards, and three touchdowns. In fact, you know, only three teams have been 
worse than the Titans this past month against the pass, and one of them's Jacksonville. So I'm hoping both teams exploit that weakness and we get a bit of a shootout. Matchup is a very juicy one for Kirk. Um, the usage has been there, so I think he has another solid game. And moving on, week 14 already. I cannot believe the season is is going by as fast as it is. Um, but yeah, week 14, Sharples tier list. I've I've taken a quick look over the games, and I'm I'm not incredibly impressed this week, but. You know, have you, have no. you got any games in that in that high tier now? I think I think it's it's pretty pretty middle heavy. Um, I think in terms of the the, the great games, um, as we've spoken about, I think the Lions Vikings should be there, and also the Chargers Dolphins. We I think we mentioned those as being two relatively high scoring games. Um, those are my two standout ones on paper. Uh, I yeah. think Steelers Ravens looks bad. I think yeah. Titans Jaguars looks bad, and I also think the Cardinals against the Patriots looks bad. Mhm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I'm not really liking. I know Alex. Uh, Alex said before that um, the Raiders were his impressive victory. I still think the Raiders are pretty bad, and seeing that Thursday night game, Raiders Rams, it's just another. It's it's another funny reminder, you know. It's one of those primetime games that probably look really nice at the beginning of the season, um, like yeah. all the Broncos games. But um, but yeah, I know I'm, I, I'm I'm looking at the the Browns Bengals purely for the Bengals. I want to watch the Bengals. They become that team again for me that I want to I want to watch because they're exciting, and also the Jets Bills because it was an interesting game when they played a few weeks back. Hoping it's going to be an interesting one again, but um, mm-hmm. any other thoughts on the games this week, Sharples? Or is that is that us? I I just kind of feel like yeah, there's there's a lot of games where it's like a good team against a bad team, which for me generally leads to a meh. So for example, yeah. Cowboys playing the Texans, um, yeah. the uh, well, I was going to say Eagles Giants, but Giants Giants are a decent team, but they're not not the most exciting team to watch. Yeah, uh, Chiefs Broncos is another one though where you've got really good team playing against really, you know. So it just feels like, can we chop and change and can we not have the Chiefs playing the Bills uh, and, you know, the the Niners playing the Bengals? Let, let's make it a bit more interesting, you know. Let, let's 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 ring up the commissioner. All the bad teams stay home. We want to watch the good yes. teams. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that'll do us, I think. As Alex mentioned before, you're going to be aware for a couple of weeks, aren't you, Sharples? So um, all the best with that, mate. Um, Thank you, my friend. You're going on holiday. I'm not. I, I worded it then as if you're being sent away somewhere. You're going yes. on holiday. It's going to be a very nice time. <laughs> yeah, I'm off to uh, uh, I'm off to South Korea for uh, just on just under two weeks. So unfortunately, we'll miss the next uh, next two podcasts. But I'll certainly I'll certainly be uh, listening whilst I'm uh, eating my uh, barbecue chicken. We'll keep you updated on the gooses, mate. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there'll be plenty. And that, yeah from alex that'll be us though <laughs> that'll be us thank you for listening uh once again i'll see you next week uh goodbye i won't see you next week but goodbye